stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's associate stock strategist, Dan LeBeau, who is also the editor of Zach's headline trader service here to talk about the gross stock sell-off and what's going on with it, what's going on with new investors. Are they sticking around? Are they buying the dips? Have they sold and, and run for the exits? What's happening for all the newbies out there? So for all those of you who got into stock investing during the pandemic, this could be the biggest stock sell-off you've experienced. The S&P 500 did fall about 10% in September of 2020, but the growth stocks and especially those tech stocks were holding up pretty well in 2020 still. And it wasn't until late 2021 really that we started to feel the effects of this growth stock sell-off. So some of the big pandemic winner names, as we all know, are down really big. Peloton now is down 77% over the last year. Zoom video is down 50%, but even some of these so-called like more safe haven tech type of names are down big in just the last month. Shopify is down 21% now in a bear, a bear a pullback here in that month. And NVIDIA even, even mighty NVIDIA is down 8.3% in the last month. And then, you know, some of the other tech Tech and fintech favorites, PayPal down 27% in the last three months. Block, formerly known as Square, ticker SQ, down 38% in the last three months. So I just picked out a few of the popular names, but we could go on and on with all the names that are down. We all own them. I used to own Exact Sciences. It's down huge over the last three months. Um, Any of the Kathy Wood stocks are down big. All these growth names are down big. So, so Dan, welcome to the Subbeat Podcast. Yeah, that's right, me, Jason. <laughs> it's um, it's tough out there for growth investors, and I feel like a lot of the new investors were buying all of these stocks. Yeah, and honestly, I I see them continuing to do so. A lot of okay. these growth stocks have fallen off, like you said, fifty percent plus. Kathy Woods, Arc Innovation ETF. Which kind of become the benchmark of these next gen, uh, you know, profit drivers or should I say growth drivers, and that was down almost 50 percent earlier this week, bouncing off a key fib. Uh, I was going to talk about some technical levels. We had a, a fib retrace, or should I say, extension, and extensions are price targets to the downside. So oh. I drew up a Fibonacci. You can't see my screen, obviously, from the December lows to December highs on uh, Kathy Wood's ARK Innovation ETF, and you came down to a a uh, extension down here at 80, perfectly at 80 a share, and that's what we bounced off of yesterday. Okay. And um, I think, you know, the bottom is coming. If that, if that isn't the bottom itself for these innovation names, it's coming. And Jerome Powell, with his, his recent debut on, uh, on Capitol Hill and his, his reconfirmation hearing, has really put the markets at ease. I don't know if you've been you've been following it, but um, yeah. you know Jerome Powell has kind of reiterated his standpoint on this inflation being a continuous you know supply and demand imbalance issue. And, you know, despite its prolonged kind of nature, it's it's still being driven by the pandemic with the pandemic levels um, and daily case counts hitting all time highs as of late. 
So right. it's 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 persistent, but I I really think that this market is kind of overdoing this growth sell-off uh, in a way that uh, reflects things that have happened in the past. And that's what I think investors are getting confused about. They're conflating what's happening today with events of the past and criticizing Jerome Powell in doing so um, as far as his policy being a little bit too dovish and not controlling prices is kind of ignoring one of his dual mandates, which is to control prices. But what they're neglecting to realize is that this is a totally different environment that we're operating in today. You know, rising rates very, very slowly in the face of this inflation, but this inflation isn't having the adverse impacts that it had back in the late 70s and early 80s, which is a lot of what these uh, these critics of Jerome Powell's policy are quoting. Yeah. Uh, this is a totally different environment as far as growth goes. I mean, we have these these companies with growth outlays like we've never seen before. And no matter what interest rates do, and they are poised to stay low, let me say that, no matter what they do, these companies are going to continue to drive secular growth. And the key in this market is stock picking. There's a lot of you know names, pandemic winning names like Zoom and Peloton that don't deserve a bid. Um, but there are also names out there that are going to continue to explode coming out of this pandemic. And they're going to see higher and higher growth. Um, and some of these stocks, like, for example, I got Upstart here. Upstart is down over like <laughs> close to 75% off the highs. It, it broke 400 back in October, yeah. down to $110 a share, $120 today. I took a little jump. But this is just a momentum sell-off, you know? Upstart is poised for the future. Not only is it going to be profitable this year, um, but it's, it's, it's driving unheard of 50% top-line growth, and it's working with the banks, you know? As, as interest rates rise, Upstart is better positioned than ever before, but the markets aren't recognizing it because they, they're seeing it as, you know, a high-growth, high-multiple stock uh, and kind of ignoring the growth opportunity. Don't get me wrong, you know, this 400 plus price that it hit back in October was overdone, but but so is this 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 preceding sell-off that we've uh, that we've seen in the stock. And there's a number of other names that that I could quote here. And you know, the levels that they're bouncing off of over the last few days have been very very technical. I know I said that before, but if you look at the the, the Fibonacci retracement specifically, retracements and extensions. So we got Fibonacci retracements for upside price targets. Um, and then we got Fibonacci extensions for buy side targets to the downside, which is what I've been utilizing as of late. Um, but these these growth companies are, are utilizing these like I've never seen before. And I think it's because of this slew of new investors coming into the, the fray, so to speak, and, uh, and, and using these as, as, as entry points. So do you think the new investors are not scared here after if I was I, I just looked at the upstart chart and it looks it looks still pretty scary to me here. Oh yeah. So, but if I looked at that, it seems like the new investors maybe maybe they are seeing a buying opportunity as you were just laying out for us after this big sell off. Yeah. So fundamentally, Upstart just fell below uh, ten times price to sales. It's still bordering on uh, profitability. It just turned a profit as of I think the last couple quarters. Um, so you're still looking at price to sales multiple, and its valuation is quite rich, but it's significantly below where it was in early October. And I think investors are seeing that as an opportunity. You see upstart showing up on, uh, on Wall Street bets as well. And, it, you know, the level it bounced off of was so technical yesterday. 
It was a support level that we've used back in July of this year, as well as a resistance level when it first IPO'd um, out of the gates in February of 2021. So it's 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 not I don't know it's it's not as random as prior markets seem to be. Um, there seems to be some uh, some method to this madness, so to speak. Do you think that investors are targeting uh, companies that are at least earnings, you know, profitable? Because Upstart is, I mean, they have a PE of 55. They're supposed to make almost $2 this year, right? Um, mm-hmm. Look, uh, $1.93. And then next, well, this year, 2022, $205. So at least they're making something on the earnings side. Uh, do you Do you think investors should be targeting only companies that are actually have earnings? So it's hard for me to say that broadly. I think for the most part that is true because without proven earnings, we don't know if the business model itself is going to succeed. So proven earnings just proves the business model as a whole. But um, some of these companies just have too large of a growth outlay to uh, to, to have you know earnings today. But you know, as long as they're not burning too much cash and and, and kind of wasting the uh, innovative capital that they have, I think that there's still opportunity. For example, Uber. Uber is not turning in earnings yet, but its ride-sharing segment is profitable on an operations level, and its uh, its its food segment is poised to do the same moving forward here. And I think that's one of the best positioned stocks for this recovery. Uber. It's uh, it's trading. What is it? Significantly off. It's trading about 44 shares. Significantly off the 64 it hit back in uh, back in February when all of these high growth tech names peaked. And it's been hit by a number of regulatory headwinds, which has been probably its biggest downfall in recent months. But uh, like I said, this thing is poised to explode coming into the new normal as it takes advantage of this mobility as a service kind of offering that it's controlling throughout the US. And it's not, like I said, it's not just the ride sharing. It's the uh, the Uber Eats, it's the Uber Freights and the other mobility segments that they have uh, driven into. And they're all positioned to explode in this digitalized new normal. Like I've, I've said in the past, the pandemic moved our economy forward as far as digitalization goes, seemingly 10 years in a matter of 10 months. And these these digitizers are, uh, are, are gonna, you know, are, are going to benefit from it over the next decade. What do you think about Uber Eats just in the short term here? That the shares are off the lows mm-hmm. of the recent couple of weeks. They have rebounded a bit because I do. I have heard of other analysts spousing the same things you did. And on a recovery, Uber is in a good place to you know really benefit from as you just laid out all of its different divisions. But we are in the middle of this Omicron outbreak again, and I am wondering how many people are, you know, driving in the Ubers right now on that side of it. But they may be ordering more food and stuff through Uber Eats. On yeah, the side. that's the thing. So they are ordering more food, and anecdotally, I have been ordering more food myself. Even right. just the cold weather, it's not even the Omicron. It's it's just you know I don't want to leave the house at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, so Uber is is a nice hedge in and of itself. With Uber Eats, actually expected to be larger than the Uber Ride segments in the in, in the quarters to come, and expected to drive a larger profit is what I'm hearing from some of these analysts. Uh, so 
this hedge between the rise and the heats is 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 excellent for their operations in order to stay you know reliable and sustainable throughout these uh, these quarters and not be as cyclical as some of its uh, its tech cohorts. What about some of these fintech stocks that I mentioned earlier, like PayPal, Block? These were big fan favorites of new investors. I I always kicked myself that I never bought either one a couple of years ago. As it, they've both been mentioned many times on these podcasts over the years, but now here's my chance. They're down pretty significantly off the highs. Is there something I don't know about these two? Well, it it feels like a lot of this pull down. I don't know if it's a reflection or a reaction, but it seems like it's it's related to the Bitcoin fall off. Okay. And we've seen with cryptocurrencies, they hit a $3 trillion market cap, I believe, the end of last year at some point, and then just you know capitulated off of that. And it seems like not only are investors pulling off because of interest rate concerns, you know, PayPal and Block are both very high multiple names, but you know, there's a number of other reasons with these uh, with these cryptos kind of capitulating off of their eyes. You know, Bitcoin's trading right on what is it, forty thousand a coin after touching sixty nine, almost seventy thousand back in the beginning of November, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that's having an impact. And I, like I said, I, I I I'm buying this dip. I'm a buyer of the best position stocks on this dip, um, especially for the long term. And you can see Kathy Wood with her ARK Innovation ETF is doing the same thing. She's been doing nothing but buying. And she's buying in the most speculative names, which is interesting to me. She's added a massive amount of, uh, of Roblox over the past month um, on, this, on this implication that Ro- Roblox is uh, it's a company that kind of, uh, how do you explain it? It's an interface where people are able to build a virtual world, right? So. In, in the metaverse, which Mark Zuckerberg laid out in recent months and changed the company to uh, to Meta, Facebook, that is, um, it's 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 this new platform where people are going to be living in another universe, so to speak. And this is Mark Zuckerberg's dream. You know, the owner of the largest social media platform on earth, with more than half of the world on it. He's uh, he has the ability to make it happen. And Roblox is is ostensibly one of the keys in this. Uh, in this progression towards a, a, a virtual world. Um, so she's been adding to that as well as Square or Block after the recent name change um, and Hood even. She added wow. a 13% addition to Hood, which is, I, I, I'm personally not a believer in Hood. I think this is this company is kind of uh, overdone, a lot of its hype and, uh, and large profits actually with all of its options over the past 52 weeks or so is, uh, is is not sustainable. And I think the company overextended itself after seeing the massive volumes from cryptos and options drive them into profitability. And now that it's not sustainable, the company is scrambling to, uh, to cut costs and make sure that they can turn some kind of profitability in the near future. What do you think about the meme stacks? Are the Reddit traders, the memesters, any of the newbies still hanging out in those, even though AMC is now down 39% the last three months and GameStop's down 24% the last three months, but that's not awful and it's they're not collapsing. So I'm assuming somebody's sticking around in, in what's going on there. So yeah, I mean, obviously neither of these are fundamental stories. Both of these are 
stuff kind of turned into uh, to gambling tools more than driven by anything fundamental. And okay. if you look at Wall Street bets, which was the one who moved both of these stocks, it's the the Reddit message board. You can yeah. see that GameStop has kind of taken a backseat to Tesla over wow. recent months, and I, it's it's unbelievable because Tesla is one of the few blue chip uh, mega cap te- tech stocks, despite its massive beta, that's been able to remain buoyant. You know, it's trading right at its 50-day moving average, which a lot of these high beta names can't can't boast of, and. So- it's because of these short-term options that these these okay. traders are are uh, are buying up. Okay, well, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought they would go after you know a company that's quite this large. That's that's what I would have thought as well. But yeah. the float on on Tesla, as well as the, the hedge fund momentum that they're able to gain, has uh, has made it lucrative. Okay. So it's got a low flow. It's able to you know they're able to move it more with these low delta short-term options that are very high risk. I'm not, I'm not, you know, advocating for anybody to get into Tesla options, um, but the high risk nature of them allows them to move the, the stock. So it sounds like some of these other memesters uh, stocks, these meme stocks are, are passe. They're 2020 or even 2021 stories and that's over. We're into 2022. It's on to the next thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's been almost exactly a year since the GameStop bonanza. Yeah, it's been yeah, just about a year since it began. But what's interesting is that GameStop finally, you know, announced that they're doing this NFT platform, which is the, yeah. the structural change that these meme traders were looking for. And it did very little to the stock. It was it was interesting. I, we would have expected to see one of those, you know, 20 50, to 50% jumps yeah. um, just on news momentum but it's it's still continuing to fall i think it's below where it was when that was announced okay so do you have any advice for how people should be playing you know the rate increases and the fed and all of that over the next couple of weeks because it's likely still going to be volatile out there if they are interested in trying to time the bottom here on some of these growth names should they be, you know, dollar cost averaging kind of into it and wait and see, you know, put a little in at a time or what what should the plan be for people? So this is my approach. A lot of these high growth, high innovation names have been significantly off their highs. Like we talked about 50% plus off their highs and even their price targets, they're, they're sizably below their most conservative price targets. So I myself am averaging down on those names. I'm staying away from blue chip tech right now. Those stocks have not been punished as much, nearly as much as these, you know, Kathy Wood archetype stocks. And they may still have some wind to, to come out of them as these rates go up. But I really do think that the bottom is close to being in for these high growth names. Um, and I'm I'm averaging down. I'm, I would be utilizing, you know, practice using Fibonacci extension for downside price targets as far as where to buy at. Um, take a look at the S&P 500. You know, the S&P 500, yeah, it's it doesn't really represent these high growth names, but it's a good thing to key off of as far as momentum goes. Um, and if if the Nasdaq 100 and these mega cap st- stocks do continue to break lower, 
it could drag these high growth names with them. But um, like I said, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's not justified. And right now we're in an environment where interest rates are not as big of a concern as prior recoveries. So during the uh, during during this you know pandemic environment, the Fed actually lowered its long term rate target from between 20 or 2.5 percent to 3.5 percent, which is what it had before going into this pandemic, to 2 percent to 3 percent. It's because the, we're trading in a totally new environment with secular growth starting to take over, opposed to the uh, the cyclical kind of environment that we were in before. I think we have an opportunity here to uh, to have this endless bull run that no one really thinks is possible. And the Fed right now is being more accommodative than ever before with Jerome Powell continuing to uh, to spew his, his dovish words in, uh, <laughs> in, in Capitol Hill today. Um, yeah. But, you know, I love it. I, I love Jerome Powell. I love what he's doing. I think he understands the markets better than most. Um, and at this point in time, he is the smartest man in the room, and I'm going to follow his judgment here, um, which is going to be sustained low interest rates, not breaking much above 2% in the coming years. And I think that people are getting a little bit too angsty going into this year um, with, you know, obviously the, the tenure touching its, its highest point in two years. I think it's a little bit overdone. There was concern that there would be a combination of four rate hikes as well as an accelerated asset roll off on their nearly $9 trillion balance sheet, which is incomprehensibly large. Um, but in reality, what I think will happen, and this is kind of going hand in hand with Jerome's accommodative policy program, is that they're going to reduce the number of actual rate hikes and move more towards this uh, this quantitative tightening, so to speak, which is going to be your asset roll-offs on their balance sheet. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw two to three rate hikes, opposed to four, which is currently priced into the market, and just uh, you know an asset roll-off, which is much softer for for the markets as far as the impact. And even in the past, there hasn't been a correlation between a period of monetary tightening and any kind of stock market correction. In fact, the stock market usually goes up, and that is assuming that there is no shock to the markets as far as you know a taper tantrum or unexpected rate hikes. Um, so I I'm, I'm bullish here. And okay. especially on these high growth names. Yeah, I feel like with the high growth names, a lot of the risk is now gone. <laughs> the risk was six months ago when they were trading, you know, with price to sales ratios of like 40. Mm -hmm. But now that's all come back down to earth for the most part. So there's actually less risk now that they've sold off. Mm -hmm. So as a contrarian investor, I would. I, I have I keep a wish list and I'm I'm watching it to see what's happening. As a value investor, there's not as much value there quite yet. Mm. But as a contrarian investor of trying to go into those areas that the market is fleeing, then there's definitely things that look very attractive to me here. I'm also uh, I would give a little bit of advice to some people that they might want to watch and see where the insiders buy because some of these are down enormous amounts you know, more than 50 percent and if i was an insider working at one of these companies i might be like hey you know this is way too cheap because i i believe what you just espoused dan i'm thinking you know the company is doing really well right now 
and I want to buy some shares here. So, but they're on lockdown right now, head of earnings. So once your company reports, whatever company it is, check a couple days, five days after, and see if any of the insiders are actually diving in to buy some of the shares over there um, on the cheap, because that'll tell you a lot. If you do see them buying in, um, it's always a real good sign. So that's that's a little side tidbit I always tell people to check out. Um, but also keep in mind with some of the tech companies, they get the insiders get so many stock options. Like you're never going to see Mark Zuckerberg buying shares, for instance, or Sheryl Sandberg. All they're doing is selling because they have so many shares. They diversify their holdings. Uh, so keep that in mind. But you may see some directors buying uh, because they don't get as many stock options and awards and stuff as the regular management gets. But but still, they will buy even if if they have thousands of shares, because if it's cheap, if it's a deal, you know, why not? Why wouldn't you get in there? So that's a little bit of a, a side to look at. And, okay. and the fact that, you know, the innovation leader, the innovation investor leader, Kathy Wood, is buying up a significant amount on this dip is is kind of a cue to me to yeah. uh, to, to, to at least, you know, start positions in some of the stocks that have been on my wish list. And I'm at these levels, at these oversold levels that these high growth have come to, I'm expecting this earnings season to be a catalyst to the upside, potentially okay. a springboard. Um, okay. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Do you think some investors who um, maybe don't want to bother to find individual names should just buy the ARK Innovation Fund? Yes, I, I would recommend that. I think ARK, Arc Invest, any price below $100 a share is a, is a good deal. It's going to be a long-term hold, so you're going to have to stomach some short-term volatility. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Kathy Wood came out. I think this was when it was trading around $100 a share. Instead of the next five years, this thing is going to be 5x what it is today. Right, right. She did. Yeah. I believe her after the run that she had in, in 2020 and into the beginning of 2021, it's it was incredible. Yeah, for sure. She's got a great track record despite what happened last year and to start this year. You can't fault what she's done since 2014 with that fund. It's just the nature of her portfolio. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They're going to have times when, you know, there's there's a wonderful year and times when there's not, which was last year. <laughs> um, OK, so let me recap some of the tickers we talked about today in case you're interested in checking them out. So we talked about Upstart, ticker UPST, and then Uber, of course, is UBER. We talked about PayPal, PYPL, Block, formerly known as Square, still SQ. I guess someone has the Block. The block ticker that's what i heard so they can't an etf has it i believe so they, they're stuck with sq um roblox is rblx amc is amc uh gamestop gme tesla we mentioned them te or tsla of course and arc innovation arkk and as always, I'm going to be covering what's happening with the growth stocks because I know many of you have been asking what you should be doing. So we'll be covering it as long as this is a story um, every week here on the Market Edge with various guests. So you want to be sure to subscribe. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Amazon Music. We're on Spotify. We're on most places where you can get 
uh, podcasts and of course on SoundCloud. But get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.